British Israel Church of God presents The Watchman Program The Watchman says Watch World News Watch Europe Watch China Watch Middle East The Watchman unlocks all Bible prophecy From the past, the present And the world to come And now Evangelist and commentator Peter Salemi Greetings again everyone this is Peter Salemi, and welcome to the Watchman Program. You and I were born in a ready-made world. We didn't come up with a lot of these festivals that happen every single year on the so-called Western uh, calendar, the calendar that we use here in uh, Europe, Canada, the United States, and the rest of the Western civilized world. Festivals like Easter and Halloween, and a festival that's coming up in just a few weeks called Christmas. We didn't come up with a lot of these festivals. Now, when you walk into the malls now, now that the American Thanksgiving festival is over and we start the so-called Christmas shopping season that people call, the retail stores call it, that's what they call it, the Christmas shopping season, they, you're going to start to see lineups into a house where you see a fat guy in a red suit and black boots and a white beard, and he goes, ho, ho, ho. Of course, you know I'm speaking of Santa Claus, the true hero of Christmas. And of course, behind him will be a tree wrapped with lights and orbs and bulbs, and you see children sitting on Santa's knee asking him what they want for Christmas. And then you see the parents going up up and down through the mall spending all this money on presents that they can't that they can't even afford and uh, giving it to their uh, children and their husbands and their wives and their aunts and uncles and so on. Now, of course, let's not forget, People decorating their homes with, of course, Christmas trees and holly wreaths and, of course, drinking the eggnog. And then we see the carol carolers walking up and down the malls and going out through the streets singing Christmas carols. They sing, you know, here we go, a wassailing and so on. And then, of course, at Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we go and visit our families. There's a lot of family visits. And, of course, the exchanging of gifts and everybody wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. Now, with all the hustle and bustle that goes on at this time of the year, have you ever just stopped and, and asked yourself, where did all of this come from? Now, of course, we're all busy. And, of course, in this time of the Christmas season, no one really stops and thinks, hey, where did all of this come from? But are you curious? Now, a lot of the churches, mainstream churches, of course, say that it's the birthday of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You hear it on popular FM Christian stations. You hear it on uh, a lot of shortwave stations and AM stations. A lot of these mainstream churches proclaiming that this is the birthday of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Question, what do Christmas trees, holly wreaths, Santa Claus, the exchanging of gifts all have to do, and even the date of December 25th, 
What does that all have to do with Jesus Christ of Nazareth? You ever looked it up? You ever looked it up in an encyclopedia? Just go into an Encyclopedia Americana or Britannica and look up Christmas and read the origins of Christmas. Now, you can do that or you can order our booklet absolutely free of charge. You can download it off our website or we can send you a free CD with the booklet called Is Christmas Christian? And that's on our website at BritishIsrael.ca. That's British-Israel.ca or you can, of course, Google the British Israel Church of God, and of course, it'll take you to our website. And of course, all our literature is absolutely free of charge, gratis. Uh, we believe what Christ said: "Freely you have received, so freely give." And of course, we are freely giving the knowledge of the Bible of salvation to all who ask for it. So, have you ever looked it up? What are the origins of Christmas? Well, can you believe? that the origins of the trees and the holly wreaths and the mistletoe and the orbs and bulbs and lights and the exchanging of gifts go and have been here long before the birth of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, maybe people say, well, wait a minute, aren't trees and holly wreaths and so on all linked together with the birthday of Jesus Christ? Well, let's look at some of these sources and let's put together the Christmas story and see where a lot of these accoutrements, these decorations, and a lot of these traditions, where they actually come from. And you'll be shocked when you find out that many of these things come way before the birth of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, first, before we get into it, did you know that Christmas in early America during the days of the colonial uh, during colonial America did you know that the founders of America not only didn't celebrate December 25th as a holiday but they attempted to prevent its observance by others in the colonies I got two clips here two newspaper clippings from the Arizona Currents uh, December uh, 1968 and the other from the Phoenix uh, Gazette, December 22nd, 1967. And both practically say the same thing. It says here, Christmas was not established as a legal holiday throughout the U.S. until late in the 19th century. In 1659, the Puritan colony in Massachusetts passed a law that anyone found observing any such day as Christmas or or the like, either by forbearing labor, feasting, or in any other way, shall be fined five shillings. Many early Americans who refused to work on Christmas either went to jail or paid fines. The other clipping says Christmas was once banned in Boston. The Puritans forbade the celebration of Christmas because it was a pagan feast. Episcopalians were the first in Boston to observe the holiday, they were followed by increasing numbers of young people who raised 18th century eyebrows with frolics and reveling, feast, and ball. But it wasn't until 1856 that the legislature, recognizing a losing battle when it saw it gave in, 
when they saw it, gave in and made Christmas a legal holiday. Isn't that interesting? Christmas was banned in the United States of America. They knew it was a pagan feast because, of course, the colonists came out of the Protestant Reformation. And during the Protestant Reformation, they stripped everything that was Roman Catholic, its origins in Roman Catholicism, stripped everything that was Catholicism from their countries, including the festivals, and one of them, of course, included East uh, Christmas. Because they knew Christmas was a pagan feast adopted by the church. The church adopted it from Roman paganism and Christianized it. And then, of course, spread it throughout all of Europe. And, of course, forcing people to, ex- to accept Christmas as the birthday of Jesus Christ. And that, of course, spilled over into the colonies. The colonies wanted to prevent this from happening, of legalizing Christmas in their countries, knowing that it was a pagan feast because America was founded as a Christian colony and eventually nation, and they wanted to keep it that way. But of course, as more and more Catholics came in and started influencing the American colonists, eventually Christmas became a legal holiday. So there's an interesting little sidelight about uh, Christmas in America. But what are the origins of some of these accoutrements and uh, Santa Claus and and all the rest of it? What are the origins? Now, I said they go back before Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let's start off with the day, the day of December 25th. First of all, there is no date given for the birthday of Jesus Christ. December 25th, is not found anywhere in the Bible. Um, December 25th, the disciples did not celebrate that day as the birthday of Jesus Christ. You cannot find that anywhere in your Bible. In fact, the Encyclopedia Britannica says, before the 5th century AD, there was no general consensus of opinion as to when it, that's the birth of Christ, should come in the calendar, whether it be on the 6th of January, the 25th of March, or the 25th of December. And that's the Britannica, page 293, volume 4. So it wasn't until the 5th century AD, 500 years after Christ resurrected up into heaven, that they couldn't decide when Jesus Christ was born. So why did they choose December 25th. Well, there was a god, the sun god of the Romans, Solstice Invictus. There was a festival of Solstice Invictus, the invisible sun god, and his birthday was December 25th. And the Christians, as they grew in number and they started to come into the church, the church saw that many of these Christians came from, of course, the Roman background, and this the Roman church and the church in Alexandria adopted this festival of Solstice Invictus, the, invincible, the birthday of the invincible sun god, and of course Caesar identified himself with the sun god, and the church adopted this festival, since it came from a lot of these Christians' background, adopted this festival, and Christianized it, 
and said, of course, that Jesus Christ was the son of righteousness, S-U-N, that's in the Bible, and took that scripture in the Bible and merged it with the festival of the invincible son and the Christians happily adopted their old pagan festival and called it Christian and so December 25th became a Christian holiday and here it is today still the same old festival that everybody seems to celebrate and they think it is the birthday of Jesus Christ of Nazareth when it is not is the birthday of the invincible sun god that goes all the way back to Babylon and Nimrod and Nimrod's birthday the original sun god is December 25th now during that pagan festival that Roman pagan festival before it became Christianized or just put a you know a Christian name on it they decorated trees they exchanged gifts same as what people do today the trees the gifts originate with the pagan Roman festival now after the break Bill Pizzini is going to come on and tell you how you can write to us if you want that free booklet on CD as well as giving you our web address but in the after the break we're going to talk about the origin of the Christmas tree and can the Christmas tree be found in the Bible and is there a prophecy about the Christmas tree we'll get to that in a minute but here's Bill Pizzinas who's going to tell you how you can obtain our free literature to get your free CD-ROMs please write to us at British Israel Church of God 171 West Barbara Avenue Parump, Nevada postal code 89060 or log on to our website at www britishisrael.ca all right order that free booklet is christmas christian you can download it off our website or you can write to us at that address and we will give you a, a cd-rom with the booklet on it absolutely free of charge we don't have any hard copies of our booklets as of yet we don't have a budget right now big enough to that we can actually print these booklets and give them out free of charge. Uh, God willing, he will send us people that will start to tithe to this organization, that we can grow and print booklets and go on more radio stations so we can broadcast and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. So please pray for us in that. And if you want to tithe to the British Israel Church of God, you can do it on our website at British Israel Church of God. BritishIsrael.ca, or, of course, write to us at that address. All right, what is the origin of the Christmas tree? Now, it's interesting that in the ancient world, we see tree worship all over Europe and Egypt and other places. And it's interesting, even in Palestine, we see the children of Israel setting up images and groves under every high hill and under every green tree. And you can find that in the book of Kings. 2 Kings 17, uh, 9 through 11 is one of many scriptures where we find groves of oak trees and the children of Israel worshiping under every green tree. Now, as Israel 
went into captivity, of course they took their religion with them. They didn't forget about their religion. They didn't forget about their customs, their pagan customs. They went up through the Black and the Caspian Sea and migrated up into Europe. And in Europe we find the Israelites, who are, of course, the Anglo-Saxons, the Celts, the Gauls, the Scythians, the Sakes, and so on, the Goths. These are the Israelites in Europe. And what do we find? We find them worshipping under every green tree. The Druids had the sacred tree that they would worship. And they would decorate the trees with orbs and bulbs and they would decorate it with shiny, furly little things. What looks like a Christmas tree today. Of course, they didn't have electric lights. They had candles that they put on the trees. And they would decorate these trees. And then they would cavort, cavort around the tree. One of the earliest stories of the Christmas tree is uh, a fable by of, of St. Boniface, who went up into Germany... As the story goes, he found the heathens cavorting around a huge oak tree, the great oak of Jupiter. And Boniface, with his armed men, because, you know, idol bashing is a very dangerous pastime. If you're going to idol bash, I suggest you do what Boniface did and have uh, armed men with you. And he ordered the tree to be cut down to show these pagans that this tree really had no power. But as the story goes, that when the tree fell, the next day, a little conifer tree sprung up in its place. And Boniface, this is the interesting part of the story, instead of saying to the pagans, you know, the Bible represents Christ, or whatever, he said that that tree, that little conifer tree, represents Jesus Christ. So now the pagans, instead of worshipping Jupiter around the oak tree, they worshipped Jesus Christ around the oak tree. And that kind of merged in with the whole Christmas holiday thing. And we see the Christmas tree worshipped on the holiday of Christmas, but instead of Jupiter we do it to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, is there a prophecy in the Bible that talks about these groves? And it's interesting that the people that God is talking to here is not the house of Judah, which are the Jews. The Jews don't put up Christmas trees at Christmas time. It's to the house of Israel. And who is the house of Israel? None other than the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, and the Scandinavian peoples. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, verse 6, says this, Thus says the Eternal, O house of Israel, and this is in Jeremiah 10, rather, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 10, it says, Thus says the Lord Eternal, O house of Israel, who speaks unto you, verse 2, Thus says the Eternal, Learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. Now the word vain means empty. It means useless. 
And it says, for one cuts a tree out of the forest. This is the custom of setting up the groves. Every green tree that we read of in the book of Kings, this custom was taken up into Europe and, of course, eventually got adopted by the so-called church, Catholic church, and, of course, we see it in Christmas today. For one cuts a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe, they deck it with silver and with gold, and that's exactly what we do today. They fasten it with nails and hammers that it move not, you know, a little platform so the tree doesn't fall down. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, nor is it in them to do good. Here is a prophecy to the house of Israel saying, don't cut a tree down, decorate it with silver and with gold, put the platform on it, because it is vain. It is empty. It is useless. It doesn't mean anything. Yet, every single year, we take this custom and we do it every single year at Christmas time and we decorate it with silver and with gold, with orbs and bulbs and lights and continue to say that it is a festival, that it is a festival of Jesus Christ when it is not. His origins go back to this worship that we read of in the book of Kings, of groves, of worshiping under every green tree. Now, a few times I have heard these so-called mainstream Christian preachers like uh, Jack Van Impe one year near Christmas time, and he said, all oh, you bah humbug preachers who uh, hate Christmas, you shouldn't be preaching stuff like that. And he was saying, think of the Christmas tree as the cross that Christ was hung on for your sins. And we should think of the Christmas tree like the cross. And it's interesting, when he was saying that on television, a scripture came to my mind, and it's probably something that you are probably thinking of as well. Well, what's the difference? I mean, we're all doing it to Jesus Christ. And isn't that what matters? We're worshiping these things. We are worshiping Christ with all these things. It doesn't matter where they come from. Well, what does God say about mixing paganism with his religion? Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 12th chapter. And when Van Ippi was talking about the Christmas tree, and that I should think of the Christmas tree like the cross of Christ, this scripture came to me right away. Deuteronomy 12, verse 29. It says, When the eternal your God... Verse 29, shall cut off the nations from before you, whether you go to possess them, and you succeed them, and you dwell in their land. Here is Israel moving in to dispossess a lot of pagan, heathen worship. Pagan heathens, and they worshipped a lot of these same things that we're doing today. And God was kicking them out because of their practices. He says, take heed to yourself that you be not snared by following them, that after that they be destroyed from before you, that you inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their God? Even so, I will do likewise. Now, what is the context here? Context is found in the next verse. You shall not so do unto the eternal, your God. So the context is, 
We'll take all these pagan accoutrements, all these festivals and everything, but we won't do it to Buddha or Allah or Baal or Ishtar or Ashtaroth or whoever. We're going to do these things to God. We're going to do it to the true God by using paganism. God says, you shall not so do unto the eternal your God, for every abomination to the eternal which he hates have they done to their gods, for even their sons and their daughters have they burnt in the fires to their gods. You know, a lot of these accoutrements that we use in Christmas even stem from human sacrifice. People used to sacrifice their children in front of trees, in front of these oak trees, in front of these green trees. And here we have them in our homes. God says, Whatsoever thing I command you, observe to do it. You shall not add to it. And that's what Christmas is. We're adding to the worship of God. We've added paganism to Christianity. God says, You not add to it, nor shall you diminish from it. So God says, don't mix paganism with Christianity. And I can go on with the exchanging of gifts. The Romans used to exchange gifts to one another at Christmas time. And even Santa Claus has his origins in paganism. But even Santa Claus, his origins go even farther than that. I want to read you something from Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Here is a prophecy about a fallen angel called Lucifer, son of the morning, verse 12. And God says, How art thou cut down to the ground, which does weaken the nations? And he says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? For thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, those are the angels of God, and I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Isn't it interesting that the character who is worshipped the most at Christmas isn't Jesus Christ? You don't see kids lining up to sit on Jesus' knee. Wouldn't it be funny if you see in a mall a guy in long hair and a beard who is Jesus... Kids would line up and they would sit there and look at him and say, well, who's he? You know, where's Santa Claus? They're expecting a guy in a red bodysuit and black boots and a beard going, ho, ho, ho. Not Jesus Christ. Santa Claus is the true hero of Christmas. And isn't it interesting that he ascends above the heights of the clouds? You know, with the reindeer. Isn't it interesting that his home is in the North Pole. Isn't it interesting that the origins of Santa Claus go all the way back to Satan the devil himself? Now next time, next broadcast, we're going to do a broadcast on when Jesus was actually born. Is there evidence in the Bible to show when Jesus was actually born? Well, believe it or not, there actually is, and you can prove in the Bible that Jesus Christ was actually born on one of God's annual holy days. Do you know about the holy days of God? 
Do you know about the Passover, the Days of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement? These are the days that Almighty God has set for us festivals for us Christians to celebrate. And I'll go with you in more detail on that on the next broadcast of when Jesus was actually born. When is the real birthday of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? But get that free booklet, Is Easter a Christmas Christian, rather, is Christmas Christian, log on to our website at BritishIsrael.ca. That's British-Israel.ca or Google the British Israel Church of God. And I'll see you here next time on the Watchman Program. All our literature is offered free of charge. Write to us at British Israel Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Pahrump, Nevada, Postal code 89060. Our website address is www.britishisrael.ca. This is Bill Pizzina saying goodbye, friends. <laughs>